Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangaroos or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I'm once again joined by Thursday regular Loza to discuss the AFLW and it's pretty much almost finished now. We've just got the grand final to come this week. So we discussed the AFLW um, awards and <sighs> what a joke that was. And yeah, we obviously are going to preview the game coming up this week, um, reviewed the games that happened last week, so I won't hold you up anymore, I'll bring on Loza right now. Alright, so once again joined by Loza, now Loza, I've uh, come to your office, I'm lying on a couch, I'm uh, in a bit of a sweat, I'm going through seven stages of grief at the moment, I still, I still can't get past stage one, shock and denial, about what happened Tuesday night, uh, any words of wisdom as to how I can get past this? <laughs> Um, the, uh, the, the deep breathing is always, yeah, that always helps. Always, it's always my go-to when, you know, when yeah. players play on after the siren or, or they <laughs> do something stupid, they do something stupid or your team manages to lose the unwinnable, the unlosable games and win the unwinnable games like my hockey team. It's, uh, it's all the process of, of, yeah, just, just keep going back to those deep breaths and. Yeah, look, it's. I feel for you. <laughs> it's a tough time. <laughs> it's a tough time to have, you know, the finals loss and then um, to be robbed blind is is also very tough. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I texted you at time. It was. It was very bizarre. Like um, to say the least. Like I turned it off after that. After the first four rounds, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, how someone couldn't get a vote when she was probably best on ground in all those games uh, was um, was very strange. But um, in saying all that, how did you see the AFL Awards the other night? Did you see much of it? Uh, I saw a little bit. Um, I saw most of the awards ceremony itself. I missed the, the coral carpet, as it is, but saw some great photos. There was a couple of really, really lovely, lovely outfits. Uh, had a bit of a chat. A couple of people sort of talking about how... Um, you sort of struggle to recognise some of the the players all glammed up. Um, it's a bit easier with the, with guys and their suits. You sort of see them out of their uniform, but but with the with the ladies, it's you know they're all glammed up in suits and dresses, and and it's sort of sometimes you have to like do a bit of a double take to be like, oh, hang on, I do know who you are. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so, yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, I really loved um a catch Makua shots. Uh, her outfit was beautiful. Was uh, I think she said it was like Wakanda <laughs> inspired. Um, just beautiful, some traditional dress. And uh, uh, I thought Ailish Sheeran looked like a movie star in her red dress. So that was mm. nice. So that's my that's my fashion report. Um, I saw one double up. I saw that I think Cody Jacques was wearing the same dress as oh, one of the Brisbane players. I can't actually remember who it was now. But, um, so that was the only red carpet or coral carpet scandal that, that caught my eye. But otherwise, yeah, it looked like it looked like everyone was out there having a good time and yeah, it looked good. Then the awards started and so yeah, that was interesting. There were some interesting things happening there. Oh uh, yeah, no, I mean like I, I got no problems with uh, the other awards or anything like that. It was more just the best and fairest. <laughs> that was the only uh, issue I, I had with. Yeah. Um, so I you know, I thought um I thought uh, Hannah Ewing's best and uh, first yeah, best first year or rising star. She's going to be great fun to watch. Um, the the Ewings and Dowrick 
um, combination. That, that one game this season, and I'm sorry that I don't remember who it was against, where they just tore it up for a couple of quarters and you thought, yeah, this is a real sign of a really exciting future. So that was really great to see. Um, and to have two players for one team go one and two in the Rising Star is a, a bit of a warning, a bit of a warning sign for the rest of the competition. thought mm. that was great. Uh, what else do we have? Yes. I had a lot of... of um, Sorry, uh, sorry to cut you off. Oh, I had a lot on. of West Coast players get nominated for the Rising Star as well. I know it's like they had about, I reckon, about six to eight of them. I mean, which you sort yeah. of expect because they had a big turnover in their list. At the start they did, the and they had that sort of younger, the younger team coming through. Um, Rich, Richmond haven't had a nomination since Sally McKenzie. Um, <laughs> Different timeline. Feels like a lifetime ago now, but um, that's what happens when when you go into the draft and you get the mature ages. And, no, that's uh, right. Yeah, to have Ailish then win the best first year in the Players Association Awards, that was awesome to see too. So we did get some recognition for one of our first year players. Um, yeah, I thought the thought the All Australian was was interesting. I I shy away from commenting on the All Australian at times because it must just be really really difficult, mm, <laughs> and I don't awful. know how selectors do it a lot of the time. And when you sit there and you go, well, this person didn't get in, and then you got to go, okay, well, then who would I take out? Because you've mm-hmm. kind of got to, if you take, if you put, if you want to put someone in, you got to take someone out. So it's, it's always tough. Um, but it was, I mean, yeah, it, it is interesting that you know that we had the, the best and fairest winner not make the All Australian team, and the captain of the All Australian team, uh, barely poll, which was, <laughs> you know, we will talk more on that. So, um. Yeah, it was interesting. Interesting to see. Um, highlights for me were seeing um, Katie Lynch get recognition. Um, she's been absolutely fantastic in the in the dogs backline since coming over from Collingwood, and I think she's done a really really great job. So it was great to see her her recognised. Uh, Emma Carney getting the seventh the seventh nod in the All Australian is awesome. Mm. Um, just excellent to see, and she's just such a great player. Um, I just love her. And yeah. yeah, and then also Courtney Wakefield to to you know to to be named All Australian in what is your final year. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't mind if she uh, if she changed her mind and came back, but um. It doesn't sound like it after. No, the no, it doesn't, I, you know yeah. what? That's yeah. all right. She's, she's oh, I was hoping, a, I was hoping that as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, uh, it's very rare. Like saying that, it's very rare that you see a player. Um, retire after finishing, uh, after having a career best year, pretty much. It, that's yeah, pretty. Fair it's almost, statement. it's almost um, Ash Barty esque. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just yeah. Go out on top. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Obviously so. different because Court's thirty five and Ash is twenty six, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess uh, different. Um, yeah, timeline. Uh, yeah, Ash Barty sort of probably didn't have a passion for tennis again. Well, so I think Courtney Wakefield still does, but just the travel. Um, I think just yeah, it's just it's just so much the effort that she's put in. I thought it was an interesting little thing that she added on at one point where she said that uh, she's actually closer to Adelaide than Melbourne. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I did, wonder, did, wonder if wonder if the crows and Port are listening to that, you know? Yeah. For a line. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, it's um, uh, yeah, it's it's, a bit, yeah, it's pretty. It's it's interesting to say that sort of thing because you don't know if it's going to get taken into contact with those teams. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it was good to see. So, and then obviously moving on to the the best and fairest itself, um, I think that the general consensus from what I could pick up 
across Twitter and certainly what I was feeling was that your top five or so were all really deserving of being in that top five. I think Ali Anderson has been a really good player and every year she seems to have gotten better. Um, the fact that Brisbane's premiership last year was her, the 10th grand final that she had ever played in at any level and the first one that she had won was um, that was one of my favourite stories going into that grand final was that she had played in nine career grand finals at various levels and she had never won one and she finally got to play in the in this one and got to win, got the win and so she's it's one of my favourite stories she's a fantastic player I really love any interview with her she's just a beautiful humble person definitely definitely you know and I think this is what I'm saying is and what most people were saying was that totally deserving. And that top five. So Mon Conti, Maddie Presparkas. I think Georgie would have uh, probably polled a few more votes later in the season had she still been eligible. I think her votes kind of went away once she was no longer eligible for the award, mm. which I think does happen sometimes. It's like they don't want to give her the votes in case she wins it. Um, yeah. Eb Marinoff and, yeah, the, all those guys, all those players completely deserving, but... The question of where where Jasmine Garner's votes go, I just I don't get it. It's mm. very weird. It's been yeah. happening for years, and it's like umpires have just like this player specific blindness where they just don't see her, which is just strange. It's not like she's a defender or a key forward. They never get best and fairest votes. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It's, what I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what most people were thinking. It's like it's not like we're saying she absolutely had to win, but to not even be in the top three is just yeah, very very peculiar to a lot of us. Um, mm. So I, I do think that we should create a Twitter. And I noticed that she won the the fans' choice, the the poll that AFLW did, um, their fans' choice awards. Jazz won the MVP for the fans' choice. Yeah. And then she polled second in the MVP with the Players Association, which yeah. is, I think, is probably the that one and the club best and fairest to the awards that I sort of place the most. I don't know. I don't really know the wording, but they're the, they're the ones that I look at and I go, okay, yeah, that's the one. Probably as far as importance, playing. maybe, yeah. That, yeah. That's the ones that I think if I was playing, that'd be the ones I would feel the most proud of, like if I was to achieve that, because your peers, they know who's, you know, who's having the impact, who's making an impact. And with your club best and fairest, you have more chances of, I look at Richmond with our men's team and, and Dylan Grimes winning a couple of years ago, and that just, that doesn't happen. You don't have your full back winning these most of the time. Um, winning like the, the league best and fairest because the midfielders just get all the attention unless a forward has like a five goal game. Um, a club best and fairest, you know, they, they look at everyone, they actually look at the team expectations, the team goals and okay, yes, what this person's achieving. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but it's also like, okay, well, we can look at these other awards and see that thankfully there is recognition in other places. Mm. Um, and that's really good to see. Uh, but I am fully behind a uh, AFLW Twitter award for um, MVP, and we can all just like make that together and like I don't know, sign a card or something for Jack. Sign a card, I like that. Like, yeah, well, we'll just sign a card, like you know, you pass around the birthday card in the staff room and be like, "Yep, uh, dear Jazz, please know the umpires may not recognise you, but we love you." 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, like, uh, obviously with the men's, there's a lot of been, been a lot of controversy the last couple of weeks that, uh, about the umpires voting and what's happened there. Uh, you, you wonder if mm. that uh, might even uh, go flow uh, down through to the AFLW, whether, um, yeah, they may even look at uh, a solution for both codes as far as uh, voting goes, because it is hard to, you know, they, they've, they've got a job to do as far as umpiring. That's- yeah, and that's absolutely the other thing, is that you are getting a completely different perspective and the umpires can only judge based on their own input, their own experience and their own perspective of the game, which is completely different to watching it on TV or watching from the stands or even playing the game itself. So, yeah, you're right. Mm. It is it is tough and it, it would be interesting to see how, you know, how the league might go about changing things to make it a little more even if you have sort of like the umpires votes but also another source so like maybe it is someone um yeah someone watching from the stands or something who also Mm -hmm. contributes a vote maybe that might be the way to go to sort of have that input because the umpires are kind of important to get the fairest part of it as well um they sort of know who's yeah 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 no well well, I feel a lot better now, so I, I feel like I've uh, lifted myself up off the couch and I've got a bit more energy now. So I was, oh, good. Uh, I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, no, it's good therapy. Like, uh, I, I probably won't um, cry into my pillow tonight, so that'll be good. So. Oh, excellent yeah. news. For yeah, both yeah, your thanks. pillow and for everyone. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Loza. Um, I'm sure my uh, kids will uh, appreciate it more too, so I can, uh, I'll start talking to them again. So, yeah. No, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, the Bulldogs table looked like it was uh, a fair bit of fun. They were, they were going oh a, bit, a bit nuts. Okay. I Sorry. would like to party with Nell Morris Dalton so bad. Yeah. <laughs> she just seems like an absolute, like, she just seems like an absolute cracker. Um, also, Greta Brody. Greta Brody, I, I, I dig Greta Brody's vibe with the, you know, Springers and, and just mm. everything from Brisbane. She was great too, so. But yes, no. The dogs and the giants tables both both seemed like they were having a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I checked um, Daisy Bateman's uh, Insta stories around three o'clock, and she was having pre drinks with uh, Katie Lynch. So I think they started a bit early. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to guess was, that uh, played a part. And, there yeah. were there was a few little clips of them on the car on the coral carpet, and they were already like. You yeah, can you see they were already having a time, and I was like, "Oh gosh." And nothing wrong with that. It's the end of season, so why not celebrate? You know, it's, uh, you get free drinks, so you might as well make up for it. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, uh, they've gone in uh, a little bit uh, half plastered by uh, by the time it started. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but nothing wrong with that. Anyways, we'll move uh, forward. Well, in retrospective terms, we moved back to last weekend. There was a couple of games played. We'll start with the Adelaide game um, against Brisbane. Now, how do you see that game? I thought the Crows were a bit stiff in the first half. They had a couple of things go against them, like a couple umpiring decisions that uh, hurt them. And, you know, they copped a 50-metre penalty with about a minute to go um, and then conceded a goal right on half-time, which effectively blew the game out of the water. I think it was five goals uh, to nothing at half-time. Uh, how did you see it anyway? Yeah, I think it was pretty tough after that point. To It sort of feels like to beat Brisbane, you need sort of everything to go right. Yeah. It's like you need the planets to align and the sun to be shining on exactly the right angle. 
um, and everyone has to be breathing at the right time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if one thing you need, you wrong, need a bit of luck, like, and not things going. Yeah, because once they get going, they are so difficult to stop. And yeah. yeah, and I think we saw that with with Adelaide, and there was obviously that repeated effort that they have is always inspiring that they're always they're always going to go and you never can write them off exactly but yeah it, it did seem tough tough after that point and hmm. but yeah I don't know Brisbane just blow me away yeah I, I mean like I, I, I just don't think Adelaide had it this year anyway I don't think they'll ever yeah like at their best they they seem to it wasn't it wasn't the Adelaide that we've seen yeah yeah that's that's yeah. what I mean yeah yeah I think that's I, that, right I would agree with that it's not the best that we have seen them and we've seen them be, you know, we've seen them be absolutely brutal and absolutely terrifying and everything. And it just, just wasn't there for them, but there's a lot to like from them coming for going forward. Um, obviously a couple of members in the Australian Chelsea Bedell in the back line has been fantastic. And I think that that will go a long way because she's, you know, she's so young she's got a long, a long time to sort of really establish herself there and, and be that real linchpin um yeah going forward so there's a lot there's a lot of positives for them going forward and oh, they just still got, still yeah, Chelsea Randall who's the mm. the best captain and she's amazing and everyone loves her so yeah and they got Hatchard Marin off as well you'd have to think and I, I just don't think they had the hunger this year to be honest with you they've, they've won a few flags maybe they were a bit tired I'm not too sure um, after well, there were two seasons in one year. Yeah, that's right. So I maybe blame them for being tired, can't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, maybe maybe they just didn't have it have the passion this year. And I kind of noticed when they yeah you know, a couple of games, um, particularly early when they, when they got behind, they sort of not uh, put the cue in the rack, but they sort of yeah they they didn't fight their way back as hard as I thought they would in certain uh, certain games. So, yeah, but uh, I'm sure they'll be back next year. And I still uh, consider them a contender um, coming next season. So, like you said, they've, they've got some, uh, you know, uh, young players coming through as well So to complement their senior core. So, I don't think they're that far off. They're still, they're still the third best team. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I didn't think they were a chance against Brisbane, put it this way, um, going into yeah, the game over the weekend. I think, the, I think it did go the way that we thought that it might. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably saying something about Brisbane more than it is Adelaide as well. So, oh, can they be stopped? We don't know. Oh, well, yeah, Melbourne's uh, gonna have to try and find a way, I suppose. So, yeah, well, we might as well go to the next game then. Uh, Melbourne versus North Melbourne. Uh, I did a review of this on Monday with Claire Cozzy, and it was pretty much a case of. You know, they took their opportunities and we didn't, to sum it up, uh, pretty mm. quickly. Uh, third quarter in particular, 18 inside 50s to two. But we uh, seemed to keep uh, finding the Melbourne defenders. And uh, last quarter, Melbourne had 12 inside 50s to four and uh, kicked two goals. And that was a game, wasn't it, effectively? Yeah, I feel like this has been this has been the story a few times for North. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, oh, yeah 100%. Yeah, we can't seem to get yeah. past the top three teams. Yeah, uh, And that's so... still... Still haunts us. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's pretty awesome to see how you've gone this year, given the turnover that you had, particularly in the forward line. Mm. Um, and working with a completely, yeah, working with this totally changed forward line, you've introduced multiple debutants. You've 
you know, some of these uh, players who have really stepped up, like Bresnahan, for example, this season, she's come really come on in leaps and bounds. And so it, it, as hard as it is, there is still a lot of positives, I feel. Um, but, yeah, it's it's so often that, that – that sorry – it is so often that it comes down to taking your chances and taking your opportunities. And mm. yeah, Melbourne was able to do that. And I mean, Daisy Pierce, that goal was uh, pretty unreal. Um, it's funny, I was sitting next to a Melbourne supporter. I was just talking to him briefly. And uh, remember at the start of the quarter, I think it was early in the quarter where she uh, shanked that kick running into a goal. Yeah, kick. she had that shocking, shocking moment. Yeah, he sort of said, oh, she's finished. Or something like that, and then uh, I think he changed his tune. Uh, he? Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, this old guy. He was. Uh, he said, "Yeah, no, nah, she's finished. She's cooked." Oh, I said, "Oh, geez, right. I thought, oh, I thought, geez, that's a bit harsh." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's oh what he told God. me. So, yeah, I can, uh, yeah oh, I'm quite what he said. Goodness so. me, that's, that's, that's yeah. interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Look, you can just see. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean that's that's that is what it comes down to at times is just yep taking those opportunities and learning about learning through it going forward and you know we we hopefully have a nice hopefully we'll have a good long preseason now and the players will be able to have a break come back having had a rest come back for a preseason ready to go and mm-hmm. yeah and get back in and one thing I I think with North is that hunger is always is always there. Um, you can see it in the players. You can see it um, on t- on social media as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this is, they're very, um, if you look for them, the North girls, they're, they're very active on, on Twitter and socials. And you can see that they use a lot of what is said about them or uh, what is said about them or, you know, things that have gone not quite right for them. You can see how that really seems to spark them. Yeah. Um, so they've got that hunger, and that's going to obviously go a long way to taking that one step further. Oh. Yeah. So close. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, look, uh, I think we've ex- exceeded expectations. I think I was talking to you at the start of the year uh, when we we're doing our team uh, previews. I, I thought uh, our premiership window was firmly closed after the you know players we lost. I mean. You, you talk about Bannister, um, Gilroy, and uh, Kat, well, I was, uh, Kate, Caitlin Ashmore. Caitlin, I, yeah, Ashy, yeah I, I just thought that was too much to lose uh, for us to complete. Yeah. But um, to win two finals and almost give yourself a chance to get into a grand final um, until the last quarter, yeah, I think you, I think we've exceeded expectations. Plus, as we've said, you had the toughest fixture. Yeah, you had to play us. You had to play us twice. I mean, that that's oof, no, no tougher task. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Oof. Two in two, um, two, twice in three weeks or something. So. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, at least one of them you got to play at your home ground. Um, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Our real home ground. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, though, like, I think that's it. You've got to, the disappointments there and the hurt is there. It always is with these finals. Um, do you feel like you're gonna like you're gonna you're still gonna be invested in watching the grand final? Oh yeah, I'll still watch it. I'll still I'm still a fan of AFLW, so I want to see it. <laughs> and um, yeah, look. I only I, ask this because I know that in 2018, with the men's competition, when we had the 
the loss against Collingwood and the Mason Cox of it all and the USA chance echoing in my ears. Um, <laughs> that like the next week, I found it so hard to like get invested in the grand final. Like, yeah, I think that was it a ended bit up being one because... of the best we've seen in you know the last twenty years or whatever. And I just almost didn't really even watch it because I was yeah. just all mopey. <laughs> I just think because you girls, oh, not you girls, uh, you guys were heavy favourites going into that game mm. and for the premiership. I think that would hurt a lot more. Like if we lost oh, heavy favourites, then I'd find it a bit hard. Sorry about my dog's contribution to this podcast, which is oh, he's a, he's all, dog food. I, I'm always happy to hear it, So, <laughs> to be so, honest. Yeah. Obviously, he's disappointed with the Jasmine Nogana AFLW Beckman Ferris results. So I could tell yeah, you. We know, Charlie has, we know Charlie is very opinionated about AFLW. Yeah, yeah, it's it, funny he does it on on the podcast, but uh, no, um, yeah, look, it's going to be. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, we we don't know a lot of things when uh, the next season starts or when the on off season uh, trade period starts or anything like that. So yeah. we don't know anything. No, no, no clearly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we might as well and go to the. <laughs> oh, well, pretty much at, at the moment it is. Um, we might as well go to the grand final then um, while we're yeah. talking about it. Um, what do you think of uh, where it's been played? Uh, Springfield, Springfield, it's a hell of a town. Um, uh, Springers, Springers is going to go off. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm choosing to be very positive about it. Um, I think it is right and fair that it is played in Queensland. Mm. Um I would have felt that it was a very large injustice had it been moved to Melbourne, as some people were suggesting it should be. I think it is pretty disgraceful that, you know, when the AFL were considering uh, their fixturing choices, that they didn't actually stop to consider where the grand final would be held. Um, I still think it's ridiculous that a couple of weeks ago when asked about it, Nicole Livingston said that she wasn't even sh- – we weren't sure that Brisbane was going to make it yet. So, whoa, hold your horses. <laughs> I as couldn't if believe that. He hadn't seen Brisbane all season be <sighs> this dominant force. Um, <laughs> maybe she hadn't. Um, so, look, I, I, I do understand that there are concerns because it's a ground that hasn't had a lot of – it hasn't had much use yet. It hasn't – it's not a massive – um, it's on a massive venue. I think there's 8,000. It's already yeah, sold out. Yeah, uh, a whole 8,000, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I think at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm thankful that it's in Queensland. Um, I think it's wonderful that they have this purpose-built stadium that has been built for their women's football program. I think it's awesome that Brisbane have done that. Uh, and I think that that does need to be to be recognised and highlighted for the positive that it is, because hopefully we get to see more of that, more of clubs putting in money um, to actually, you know, properly support and, um, you know, give their teams the best opportunity for success. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm keen. Keen as a bean. I've got a friend going, and, yeah, I'm really looking forward to her her stories from the day. Do you think it'll be sold out? I know because they only got two thousand people for the prelim against uh, the Crows. Do you think, you know, eight thousand? I thought it already had. Oh, maybe it has. I don't know. I haven't checked, but yeah, I feel like it did. But I hopefully, yeah, a few Melbourne supporters are going down as well. That'll be good. So yeah, Yeah. going up. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess my concern is, yeah, the state. I mean, they they just recently laid new turf, uh, which could be prone to injuries like uh, ACLs and all that sort of thing. So that that does concern me. It that, it just doesn't sound like they thought this through. Like um, they've decided this on the last minute. Like uh, last what was it last Thursday or Friday or something like that. Like um, surely you could have decided this um, weeks or months ago. Like uh, all right, yeah, because they, they obviously knew that. Um, their main stadium wasn't available, so, you know. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's just... Um, uh, yeah, look, it, it is tough, but we've also sort of seen... Um, we've seen these games be played on various uh, varied uh, levels of, of, I don't know what you would say, quality in terms of the stadiums, and at least mm. this is intended for football. So, um, yeah. yeah, look... I, I'm I'm choosing yeah I'm choosing to be positive. Um, are you ha- so are you happy with the time slot as yes, well? The pardon? Are you happy with the time slot as well? Uh, yeah, it's it's tricky because there's the election, the state election on the mm. Saturday. So whether it's a good time slot or not, I'm not exactly sure. Personally, I am glad that we've got the big the WBBL final. Saturday night and then the women's AFL uh, Sunday so that there isn't a clash there because then I might have had to get my ranty pants back on. <laughs> um, well, you used that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, they got a good run. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, I I mean, I'm okay with it. I, I don't know how it's – I guess for travelling, it's probably not the best being a Sunday afternoon. And also that late notice does, again, make it really tricky for people travelling. Um, tickets are sold out, though. That is, yes, it says that no, oh, tickets will be, no further tickets to be released. So oh, they good. have sold out. Hmm. So it's, it's a shame because you want more people to get there, but I can also understand that, um, yeah, I can also understand that we didn't really get left with much option because of the poor planning. So hopefully next year... <laughs> or next season is planned with uh, these kinds of things in mind and some foresight would be good. Mm. Well, we might as well talk about the game. We might as well be, uh, be, we'll get to the positive stuff after getting through a little bit of negative. You, you kept the positivity going. I was, I was uh, throwing out the hard-hitting questions to you, but uh, you kept it going, which is good. <laughs> Can Melbourne stop Brisbane? Are they a chance? Well, I'm never one to write off a team that has uh, the the guts and the grit of someone like Karen Paxman. Mm. Um, I do think that Melbourne has a really effective forward line and goal-kicking midfield, which can aid them because they can be adaptable. Um, they can change things up to sort of combat Brisbane's, um, you know, defence. And, yeah, so I think that they have lots of different weapons across the ground. Their defence is really stingy. They they have been really fantastic, keeping their opponents to very low scores. So it'll be, I mean, it's obviously a big challenge because Brisbane is a juggernaut. But um, I'm excited to see what Melbourne will bring to the table. Um, you know that that hunger will be there, given this is their second grand final this this year. <laughs> yeah. 
and they will want to come out firing because they came out a bit slow against Adelaide. So, um, look, I, I, I'm not writing them off. I do think Brisbane is the favourite and that's fair and deserved. I'm excited to see the two teams that have probably been the, the best two teams across the season go head to head. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, like you talked about um, Melbourne's back line, uh, and, and their defence is quite good, but do they have the players to stop a, a Wardlaw, a Conway? I mean, they've got a lot of weapons, haven't they, up forward? That, that's, that, to me, that's the difference. Even when the ball hits the ground, you've got, um, you know, what's her name, Courtney Hodder, um, just, you know, uh, swooping on oh, and, and Spark will, will go forward as well. and. Yeah, uh, Catherine Spark uh, in particular. So they've got a lot, haven't they? They've got a lot of weapons up forward. I, I just, yeah, I, I think they, they can, do. You know, but I think Melbourne's defence has been really diligent, really um, focused, and and they've worked really well together across this season. I think it's almost been a little bit underrated, actually. Um, how how I'm going to say that word stingy again, but they they operate with a real sense of um, connection. And I think that that's had a big impact across the season in how they've been able to um, not only shut down but also create scoring from their own back line. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I give them a good chance. I mean, obviously, there is a lot of firepower in across Brisbane and they do have lots of those that – what I love, those multiple avenues to goal. But, you know, we've had – Melbourne have had someone like like Talia Gillard coming through has been absolutely fantastic, um, and and she's one that probably could go and stand with um, with Jesse Wardlaw and and maybe even you know if you can make those contests a fifty fifty, um, then yeah you're in with a good shot. Yeah, I, I guess uh, it depends on the uh, pressure up the field as well. They'll need a lot of help from their midfield. Have they got uh, enough forwards, uh, potent forwards, to kick a score against Brisbane as well? I guess is my next uh, I mean, question. you look at the game against uh, West Coast the other week, I think they had nine goal kickers. Um, mm. And Alyssa Bannon is the one I keep coming back to in the in the finals. There's there's just something about her. She's She has become one of my favourite players to watch in the competition. Um, yeah. if not my favourite. And in in the finals, she just seems to go up another level and I just love watching her. So you've got Alyssa Bannon, you've got Casey Sheriff as she's forward, um, they've got Taylor Harris, Lampard kicked a couple of goals a few weeks ago. So they do have those options. They do have mids who can also go forward and really get around the ball and, and make things happen. Yeah, I think Taylor Harris is a key. She, I mean, she obviously went down early last week with a shoulder injury. So hopefully, you know, her body can hold up as well because um, she's quite an important player to this structure. Did you see her at the media call? They no, asked I didn't. Her about her shoulders. They asked her about her shoulders and she starts putting her hands straight up in the air to be like, look at this mobility. Look at how great my <laughs> shoulders can go. They can do wonderful things. So I thought that was really great. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's all you can do. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh if a few players start bumping into her shoulder and uh, hopefully it uh, holds up because, yeah, I mean, we, we, we want to see the best players out on the ground. Absolutely. Right? Best the against group. the best is the best way to go. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think the midfield battle is quite even. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, this could go either way. Uh, the midfield battle, I mean, yeah, Melbourne's got some uh, absolutely, you know, good mid- midfielders like Karen Paxman. She plays, she plays forward and floats into the midfield. 
I mean, Purcell, you know, and, and Mithin, um, you know, Tyler Hanks as well. So they've got a lot, haven't they? They, yeah. they can match them. Yeah, like, you know, I mean. It's a good midfield. It's a very strong, it's a very yeah. strong midfield. Yeah, and, you know, obviously uh, Brisbane have got uh, the best and fairest winner. I mean, whatever you think of that. Um, you know, they, they still got it. Ellie Anderson, um, Bates as well. So I think the midfield battle's quite even. So it's probably going to be a case of um, who takes your chances when the ball does go forward. Yes. As we have said, it often does come down to that. So make yeah. sure to take your opportunities and go forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Um, yeah, we didn't take ours last week, just to re- remind everyone of that. I know, um, I know. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. No, that's all right. You don't have to be sorry. That's uh, that's life. Uh, in saying all that, what's your prediction for the game? Oh, you know, I love a prediction. Um, <laughs> having said all of that. Having said all these wonderful things and talked about all the things I do really like about Melbourne and I've really enjoyed watching them this season, um, I do think that Brisbane will will probably win and I would say maybe by two goals. I think it will be one of the closer matches that Brisbane has been involved in this season um, because I do, I do have a lot of respect for Melbourne and I do think that they can put on a show. But I just think that, yeah, at the end of the day, Brisbane is just rolling and... They seem like this unstoppable force uh, that might roll through them. So I'm really looking forward to a good game. Uh, it should be really great fun. But And, yeah, I do think that, that Brisbane, yeah, I think they've got it in them. I think they've been the best team all season and they will, will continue that on and continue to be a terrifying force in all of our lives. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I might have felt a bit differently if the game was played in Melbourne. To be honest with you, if it was at uh, Marvel, just um, mm. but yeah, I don't know, maybe just a home ground advantage in Brisbane. Uh, the fact that I mean, even though it's at uh, yeah, a, a ground they've never played uh, before, that um, yeah, they, they seem to do pretty well up in Brisbane, they, they seem to smash teams for fun uh, during the course of the year. So, yeah, I, I just yeah, I agree with you. I think it'll be a close game. I've got Brisbane by about eight points, yeah. I mean, I think it'll be quite close, like. I certainly wouldn't write off Melbourne. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think uh, they've got more weapons up forward, um, the Brisbane Lions. And, um, yeah, that's they're the players that win games. So, yeah, I just – yeah, I think it'll be yeah, around 40 to 32 or something like that, around the score like that. <laughs> that's very specific. All right. Yeah, so eight <laughs> points. So, yeah, I'll put that down. So, yeah, no um, – yeah, uh, that's that's my prediction. But uh, in grand finals, anything can happen. You can be the best team uh, during the course of the year and all of a sudden uh, you get rolled in the grand finals. So that's happened before. Yeah, but it's all about who's the best on the day. Yeah, exactly right. So we'll see how we go. Uh, anyways, Loz, um, that's all I've got for you. Uh, did you want to add anything else? Oh, just to say thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a great game to finish out this season and – yeah, it should, it should be a really good fun. No, that's, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on on these Thursdays, Loz. Uh, you've been on for quite a few weeks in, uh, in a row now. So, yeah, no, I feel a lot smarter about AFLW every time I chat to you. So, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, when there's more news uh, with AFLW, when we find out a uh, new season uh, starts and trade period and 
um, all that sort of uh, drafts and all that sort of fun. Um, I'm sure I'll get you on and chat more about it. Sounds like a plan. So thanks to Loza for coming on the show once again. And that's pretty much it for the AFLW, like I said to Loza, for this season. Um, I'll probably be back next week uh, talking about the men's. Obviously, lots going on down there at the moment. Uh, we've got the draft coming up on Monday. It starts Monday and Tuesday. So looking forward to that. Um, Obviously, we've got picks 2, 3, 23 at this stage, number 40 as well, which will be taken by Cooper Harvey. A number of other things going on. Liam Shields uh, joining the team as well. So, yeah, I'll bring on uh, probably a couple of people for that next week. I'm not too sure which day I'm going to do that, but, um, yeah, there'll be an episode about that coming out. So, once again, thanks to all you loyal listeners for all the likes, retweets, uh, comments you guys and girls are putting out for the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, can't thank you enough at the moment. Uh, congratulations to Daniel Powell as well, who uh, just had a baby boy. Uh, his wife had the baby boy. But, uh, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, a new addition to the North Melbourne family. So, yeah, reach out to Twitter and uh, wish him well. Uh, hopefully he gets um, some sleep. Uh, it's going to be, uh, yeah, a bit of a tough period for him and the mother. But, um, yeah, look, uh, it's great to get an, uh, an addition uh, to the North Melbourne family for years to come. Uh, very loyal supporter and a very loyal supporter of this show as well. So thanks to Daniel. Anyways, like I said, that's it uh, for this episode. I'll be back next week. So today I will leave a shout out to Jasmine Ferguson. Bye for now.